In learning more about these candidates, please visit elections.pacifica.org. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover, Frame to Frame with Rona Cowan. Hello and welcome to Frame to Frame. My name is Raina Cowan, your host for the next half hour as we explore film together. Today I wanted to talk about a film that uh, I saw that I found very compelling. It's entitled The People vs. Fritz Bauer. Uh, it's a film that takes place in Germany in the late 50s. Uh, there has been a shift from... Uh, the impact of World War II to this time when Fritz Bauer, who is working for the government, is investigating and trying to discover the Nazi past and all that has happened, uh, and is particularly interested in tracking down uh, people who have been high level in the Nazi party. So with me to talk about the film is the film's director, Lars Kraum. Uh, welcome to KPFA. Hi. Hi. So why don't we start by what inspired you about this story that you decided that you wanted to spend all this time of your life working on it? Well, first of all, um, the story um, about Adolf Eichmann being caught in Argentine in, in the early 60s um, by, the, by the Israelis, uh, Secret Service Mossad, is well known, but no one really knows that behind that operation was this old, isolated German uh, state attorney called Fritz Bauer. And even in Germany, um, you know, we, we don't have so many heroes in the 20th century, but this is certainly one of them. And, and it was interesting for me that although I grew up in Frankfurt, I never heard of him, although he was state attorney in Frankfurt for, for, let me see, for more than a decade. And, um, and it was interesting that no one really knows about the story. So I, you know, I read more about it, and then I thought that's really a political drama that should be told. So how did you actually first hear about the story? How did you hear about Fritz Bauer? Um, my co-writer, Olivier Guess, who's, uh, um, who's, who's from Paris, a French, comes from a French Jewish family, he wrote a book about the German, um, the Jewish German communities and how they, you know, how they came back to life after 45. And in that book, he, he runs through the decades, and in the 60s, he, he briefly talks about the Auschwitz trials, which were conducted by Fritz Bauer as well, um, in the mid-60s. And that was, you know, probably the first time that a broad uh, majority of people really had to, to talk about the past, the Nazi past in Germany. And through this book, I, I for the first time, I heard the name of Fritz Bauer, and then read biography, and then became interested in him. So it's it's an interesting story because he is both working within the government. He is a, a Jewish man who had spent time in a concentration camp. And at the same time, he is seeing that, that so much of the government is complicit and is actually fighting against what he's trying to do. So... Uh, when you started thinking about the screenplay and how to write it as a thriller, uh, what do you think the big questions were in terms of how to tell this drama? 
Well, like in any interesting biography, the whole life of Fritz Bauer is very is very interesting. He was um, he was a very bright lawyer. He was one of the first judge, one of the youngest judges in in Germany. And then when the Nazis came to power, he was sent to a concentration camp. But of course, those were not the concentration camps that we talk about later in the Nazi regime, those were the political camps that they sent the socialistic or you know, any any member of any other party except the SDRP too. So that was a different kind of camp. And he was in there from 34 um, for one year, and then he could escape to Denmark. He lived in exile in Denmark and then in Sweden and um, had a pretty hard time in this exile. And then he came back in 48 to... You know, to do to work again in Germany as a lawyer, and um, so and and throughout his whole life, you know, what it was interesting, and, and then we just had to focus on how, what can we, can we tell in one movie because it would be kind of dragging because uh, you go from one event to the next one, and we really wanted to concentrate on one of the central stories in his life. For, and then we, as I said before, we thought that this, um, that the hunt for Adolf Eichmann, because he's such a, such a notorious and, you know, let's call it famous, um, um, person of the, of the NSDRP, we, we thought that this hunt is like the, the central story that we should concentrate on. So the the film actually is all about, is there a way to bring Adolf Eichmann, what he wants to do is bring him to Germany so that there can be a trial yes. there, and Adolf Eichmann is in Argentina, or there are rumors that that's where he is. And this is based on a true story, so that there are many different elements. Uh, you know, making this kind of film in today's day and age, did you feel like that there were certain things that were still kept secret in terms of the government, or did it feel like you could tell anything that you found? Well, for example, um, there's one there's one secret still on. He had to uh, first of all, I had to to bring more than one source to the Mossad to really start that operation. And the second source that is very crucial within the story, um, what is the second source? It's unknown until today. Mm-hmm. And one uh, one way to find out, uh, or one speculation is, because Adolf um, uh, Eichmann was working for um, Mercedes-Benz in Argentina, one speculation is that he might, that Fritz might have found the second source within the, the company Mercedes-Benz, but Mercedes-Benz doesn't talk to the historians on that topic. So, um, I mean, they wouldn't even talk. They wouldn't talk to us. They don't talk, as I said, to the to the um, historians that that are most famous to write about these um, issues. So they they keep their archives locked, and that, for example, would be very helpful to find out the complete truth about that story. But that but that's that's not possible. I see. So you chose uh, Berghardt Klausner to play Fritz Bauer. Uh, we've seen him here. He was the pastor in the White Ribbon, and uh, mm-hmm. he's played actually in some films that are uh, English films as well. Uh, Bridge of Spies. Yes, Bridge of Right, exactly, Bridge of Spies. So he is extraordinary in this role. Uh, uh, what was it like working with him? 
It was fantastic. It was, you know, it's it's one thing to write a script about a man like that, but then you have to find an actor to play it. And Fritz and um, and Burkhardt knew Fritz Bauer, not personally, but from the student times, he knew what what kind of man that was. And I was kind of um, um, picky with the with the part because I knew that it's an interesting character to to play. So I wanted to cast him, and he came to the first casting, and he was already so. So precise, so well prepared, and so much the, 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 how can I say, an incarnation of that man that I've, I thought it was just perfect to, to shoot the film. Uh, so he knew somewhat of the history, so there's a way where. Yeah, yeah he was. You know, for, Fritz Bauer was, for, for, for his generation, Fritz Bauer was really like a, um, someone they looked up to in their student time. So in that, in that, 60s, 70s, people knew him, but then over the decades, people just forgot about that that man completely in Germany. I see. So, uh, Fritz Bauer in the film, um, and I think in history, was n- was known as also being gay. Um, was that something that was known in the general population for the students who knew about him, or was that something that only came out much later? No, that came out much later. That was only a rumor. But um, a year before we we really started shooting the film, um, the and there was an uh, exhibition about Fritz Bauer and his life by the Jewish Museum in uh, Frankfurt. And they, for the first time, the, histor- the historians that that worked on that exhibition, they talked about his homosexuality in that exhibition. And when they Exposed it when they when they opened that chapter. It was just, it was only that my co-writer and I decided that we would um, we would um, make this part of the film too. Because otherwise, before when it was only rumors, we thought it's not our it's not our turn to to to, to talk about that in the film. But um, um, and you know, and of course, it was always kept a, just a rumor and kept a secret because it was forbidden in Germany to until in the 90s I mean the, the law the law wasn't executed in the 80s but up to 94 it was it was forbidden to be homosexual by law and um, and of course this is why he first bought out in 68 it was impossible for him at his time to 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 live openly as a, homos- as a homosexual man uh, do you think that there was so so these are the different tensions uh in the film one of the ideas is that it seems like he uh he is somebody who is both incredibly intelligent and knows what he's trying to do and he he also has to um not let everybody know how intelligent he is and what he knows uh which is a very uh important aspect of his life but a difficult one to portray on the screen you know to get the subtleties of it and i think that there is a way where in your film uh a lot of the character development has those element um more subtle elements so i'm wondering uh how you thought about that both when you're writing this the screenplay and also while you were directing him That's a good question. Um, well, I think a lot of what you're probably 
mean is already within the story itself. And you know the 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 subtext of the film is 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 the incredible is you know, is this crime of the Nazis and the Third Reich that we call the Holocaust. It's all in the subtext of this of this film and his and his whole biography. As I said, his time you know the time that he spent in the camp, the fact that, that he had to bow down for to the Nazi regime as a socialist, as a member of the Social Democratic Party. The fact that he spent time in exile, everything he knows about the country and he knows about the people who are now in the late 50s um, leading the West German democracy, so-called, you know, those new Democrats that, that were Nazis just a few years before, all that he knows is like, is, is, is true to the character and within the character that we display in that film. So basically, um, it wasn't very difficult to write that it, it was all, all what, that was difficult was to find an understanding for, um, for this Germany in the late 50s. Because, of course, I didn't live then. I remember my grandparents and so on. I remember people from that time. But um, and of course we we could talk to some people. We talked, for example, for example, to, to one of the lawyers of the state attorneys who really worked with Fritz Bauer. He's now 85, Dr. Wiese. He he could tell us things about the late 50s and the, and about the time and about how they how they dealt with the enemies and how they you know how they did their job. But um, but really all these all these subtexts are just within the character, within the story, and within that time because. The whole crime, you know, it was all a secret. Everything was basically the 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 victims didn't talk about it. The people who were um, who did do crimes in the in the in the third right didn't talk about it. So no one really talked about it. It was all within the gestures, in the in the looks, in the it was all in the subtext of the of the time. I hope that answers your question a little bit. But uh, yeah, I think it was more to it had more to do with finding an understanding of the time than of the character, really. Uh, we're speaking with uh, the director of the film The People versus Fritz Bauer, Lars Krama. My name is Raina Cowan, and this is Open Book, or I like to say Frame to Frame. You know, it's interesting because in this film, we're talking about a time period of, you know, th there's a, a strong differentiation in terms of the films that we've seen that are about sort of what's happening in East Ber Berlin and East Germany versus in West Berlin and West Germany before. But there is a quality of um, something that seems similar in terms of the way that the, the government works to obfuscate truth. Uh, that I haven't actually seen in films before. Uh, I don't know if if that's something that's just from my American perspective that I'm seeing based on knowing so little about what was happening there, and, or whether there was something that you were actually trying to make a link about in terms of the way the government was working in um, the 50s, and maybe this had something to do with uh, the issues of hiding things that had happened in the 40s. Um, okay, but I don't know if I got the question now. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> well so I'm, I'm just wondering, if, like, if we think about the kind of spying that went on in, like, the film, for example, The Lives of Others, I'm wondering yeah. that there is some way where the government seemed to be doing the same thing to Fritz Bauer, although it was All a right. different government. There was a, a level of secrecy. There was a level of trying to expose and eliminate different people who had different points of view. That feels present in this film. Yes. Well, the life of others and um, and the people versus Fritz Bauer and so all these films that that deal with um, you know with the, the individual in the development of of Germany in the in the in the history of Germany, um, I you know are kind of similar in some in one point. They, it, it, they all have to they all deal with um, individuals that are put under a lot of pressure because the German history is so full of violence and so full of um, secrets. That um, that I think this 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 is where the similarity comes from. It's it's the same in a way, you know, in the in the east uh, as in the west. After forty five, Germany, east and west Germany had to develop pretty fast to a new system, and this development to a new system, of course, didn't didn't work so quickly because you couldn't exchange all the people. So. Um, whether it's the life of others or it's it's my film, I think they all have to. They, it's basically the similarity is basically the the violence within our our German history that is that is very yeah, very similar. And of course, that you know, in a, if you put it into a thriller form, this this these secrets and violence this comes to the um, to a similar um, feeling within the film, with to a similar tone. Let's let's call it. Yes, there is something about the tone that I find uh, very interesting because there is a quality of ominousness and a sense that uh, that one can be exposed at any moment. Uh, even at, mm. you know, if we take how the film starts, which is that Fritz Bauer is in a sw- uh, in a bathtub, and uh, there is all these rumors that per- and he's passed out, and there's these rumors like, did he try to kill himself? Which they want the government wants to use to get rid of him, um, and he says. If I'm going to kill myself, I have a gun. I will do it. You will know. But there's some way where facts wind up getting shifted uh, inherently. Well, that scene that opens the film is actually the um, the real death of Fritz Bauer. This is how he died in '68 in a bathtub with um, sleeping pills. And there were all these rumors about. Um, about him, you know, maybe being killed, but um, but and there's even a documentary that um, that claims that he was probably killed. But from all that we read and everything that I know, I think it's he just died by accident. But it is one aspect of his personality that he was very dark and pessimistic. At the you know. Throughout, the, the older he got, he got darker and more pessimistic, and he, and he did use a lot of um, sleeping pills. And because he couldn't, he was working like crazy. He was smoking 18 hours a day, and he couldn't really sleep anymore. So we think that he died of an accident, and we wanted this dark side and this weak side of Fritz Bauer in the film. But 
But if you look at Fritz Bauer from from a modern perspective, which a film, you know, if you if you make a film today, you have to look at it from a, today's perspective. I think if you look at Fritz Bauer and what he did for Germany, you shouldn't look at him like a tragic hero because he really was responsible that German society opened towards its past and that people could not deny anymore what they did and so 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 we wanted this story to be really the redemption of this of this man who comes back from exile is weak and has no chance and has no future and then he gets his letter that helps him to finally get out of Iceland he doesn't really get into Germany which is the real question in the film, why wasn't Adolf Eichmann uh, put to trial in Germany by the NISA? So, but he, at least he gets some kind of justice. And so uh, we end with another famous picture of him, which is him behind his desk, like really in a strong gesture. And this, this redemption of this character that we try to, 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 to tell in the film, um, yeah, was, our, was basically our, our uh, the development of our character, and this is why we, why we took this this uh, this image of him dying in the bathtub to the beginning and not to the end, because as I said, this is what I think how you should look at this character from today's perspective. Do you have a sense of what made him so strong and so willing to fight the government and uh, fight for justice? Yeah, well, the amount of. Um, Tyranny that was in Germany before, of course, obviously. For example, we talk about this man, um, Hans Globke, who is, who was the right hand of Chancellor Adenauer. Someone that the, um, that, uh, you know, that the Allied forces and the Americans supported, they, or at least accepted that he was part of the government. And he was really, um, as a, as a, um, bureaucrat and a lawyer, he was really responsible for the, or, had some responsibility for the um, Nuremberger Rassengesetze, which were the laws that you know, that, that the Nazis used to um, to produce to camps. And um, and later, because he was such a strong, he was a very good bureaucrat, and um, Adenauer needed him, so he kept him in the government. And this this is one man, for example, that um, that someone like Fritz Bauer was, you know, just couldn't stand. That he was part of the government, and 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 of course these people were all over Germany, and this is what I think made him so angry. Although anger is not really the motif that drove him, he was really much more kind of trying to educate Germany and and tell people that that they should look at their own past in order to create their own future. He was really a um, not driven by by anger and revenge, much more by um, by a sense of you know um, educating his people. Uh, we're speaking to Lars Kram about his film, The People versus Fritz Bauer. Now, I, I'm noticing something that's that I find striking, which is that you made a film which is really a thriller, and we are talking so much about the facts, and it's almost like there's a documentary element to it. And, uh, I mean, it, I guess it both speaks about, um, your passionate connection with Fritz Bauer, but it also is very interesting how, um, that there's so many films where they're, when they're thrillers, that w- we talk more about the structure of making the film. So I'm wondering if there's something that's so compelling about Fritz Bauer that, uh, winds up, uh, 
it doesn't override the film because the film has a you know a structure it tells a really interesting story it's quite compelling but there is something about him as a character that is so extraordinary yeah well he is extraordinary as a character especially in germany as i said before germany is not is, uh, ha- does not have many heroes in the 20th century and Schutz Bauer certainly is, is one of them. He, um, he was, uh, he was, uh, he was a complete outsider to his society being, you know, um, being a very intelligent lawyer on one hand, but on the other hand being so- a socialist, uh, which was not good in the 50s in Germany, being, you know, being a Jew, which was a problem. And then working in 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 on, at, a, at a court because the Germans were fearing revenge by Jewish lawyers, Jewish state attorneys. So he he was under under close observation, and he was homosexual. and And all these three aspects together made him an outsider in the fifties in Germany, like like basically no one else. And then on top of that, he was he was doing this. He was undertaking this, this unbelievable um, step to to trying to 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 let to, to open Germany and to open the minds of millions to the horrible crimes that had been committed during the Third Reich. So that alone is such an unbelievable character, a, a person of such strength and and um, loneliness and. Uh, and heroic power that that made him an extraordinary character, extraordinary character for a film, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so true. So, when you decide, I mean, that there's so many ways that you could have organized this film. What made you decide to write it as a thriller? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it you know. It, again, it comes a little bit out of the the story that we choose. Um, it is the hunt for Adolf Eichmann, and it is, and 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 he, and he was caught by the by the Mossad. So part of this, you know, this um, or this search for 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 a man who is hiding and 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 or you know, let's put it the search for a murderer is already, you know, bring, putting this film into a, or bringing it close to that genre. Then in real life, Fritz Bauer was living on a terrible test, a death threat. He, he had been, he has, he has had threats throughout his life, um, which, and his, as I described before, his outsider position, um, made him, uh, made him very vulnerable. So all these elements, you know, come together to, to this thriller, um, genre. I, I look more at it as a, you know, as a mixture of a, of a political thriller or a political drama and a portrait of that extraordinary man. And um, yes, and then when we wrote the script, we we thought <clears throat> if it you know it's 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 not easy to make political dramas. It's not like you know, millions of people run and watch that kind of genre. But so so we thought you know if we give it a little bit of a thriller, 
<laughs> it might help. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's interesting because he's such a compelling character that we could have found out at the very beginning what happened to him, and I think we would have been riveted the whole time. Because um, I think that there is something about his life and what he's trying to do and the dangers that he's facing, um, both in terms of how the government is reacting to him and then uh, how he needs to keep hidden in some way his um, homosexual identity, that both elements uh, are exciting and dramatic in and of themselves. You know, uh, this film opens this coming Friday at the Opera Plaza Cinema in San Francisco, and if a lot of people go to see it, it will expand to other areas. The People versus Fritz Bauer, a very interesting film in German with subtitles directed by our guest, Laus Krauma. I want to thank you so much for joining us today and talking about it while you're on vacation in southern Italy. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for your interest in the film. I want to tell you, I wrote my first feature film script in San Francisco in uh, 1998. Oh really? <laughs> I was yeah, I was visiting a friend uh, who was my teacher in film school, Tom Schlesinger. He was living in in uh, in San Francisco, and I visited him there for a month and wrote my first script with him. <laughs> so it was uh, very nice to talk to you in San Francisco. Oh great, nice coming home. So once again, The People versus Fritz Bauer, uh, directed by Laris Krauma. Uh, my name is Raina Cowan. This has been Frame to Frame Open Book. I'll be back next week. To, I mean, sorry, next month to talk more about films. Thanks so much for joining us. KPFA is super proud to present Aisha Curry, the exceptionally talented wife of NBA superstar Steph Curry. She'll be discussing the seasoned life, food, family, faith, and the joy of eating well. Her new book with her friend, Michael Mina, Bay Area celebrity chef, restaurant owner, and cookbook author. Aisha brings real joy to her food, her family, her faith, and her delighted audience. She'll be at the First Congregational Church in Oakland on Tuesday evening, September 27th at 7.30 p.m. There's free parking and wheelchair access at this KPFA benefit hosted by me, Linda Khoury. Get tickets at brownpapertickets.com or supportive independent bookstores. Find more information on the KPFA website for Aisha Curry, September 27th.